On this episode of AV Week, we talk about Userform, their expansion and collaboration, and platform as a service. And we also discuss Twitter's impact of their new work from home rules. All this and much more on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Because every voice matters. This is AV Week, episode 588, recorded Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Work as a service. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Sennheiser. For over 75 years, Sennheiser has been a leader in pro audio and is now offering a wide variety of touchless and traditional audio solutions. And by Biam, enabling extraordinary AV experiences for everyone. This is AV Week, a weekly wrap-up of audio and video news and information. My name is Bradford Ben. I'm sitting in for Tim Albright this week. And with us to discuss the news and information that's been coming across our desks this week is Daniel Griffin from Useful, Userful Technologies. I already got, got tongue-tied. So rather than me try to introduce you, Daniel, could you go ahead and provide a little background to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Bradford. And uh, yeah, my name's Daniel Griffin, as you were saying, and the company is Userful. And uh, we are uh, uh, an AV platform for uh, uh, a variety of uh, uh, AV applications uh, delivered for you know IT audiences, enterprise IT teams, etc. But um, you'll get the pronunciation down pretty quick. It's a mashup of useful and uh, user, so userful. Userful, that's okay. I named my company Advisist, and no one knows how to pronounce it. So, I uh, I apologize for not asking earlier and for being tongue-tied over it. Uh, so we have a couple of stories uh, to talk about this week, uh, just because it's front of mind. Uh, and I think this is a perf- perfect example of it, of you and I are both working from home. Uh, Twitter uh, and Elon Musk in his edict said that everyone's going to be returning to the office. Now, he's not the only one who was saying that, but it's the most visual. So I'm, I want to know, how do you think this is going to impact the work from home paradigm and if it's still going to be accepted? Yeah. You know, my take on that is, um, you know, Elon Musk's got the platform, but as you said, we've heard echoes of that through um, through other uh, business leaders around the world. But I think the genie's out of the bottle. I, I mean, I, I think that Elon Musk can, by um, force of being willing to see so many Twitter employees depart, I mean, obviously he's ready to cut some staff there. So he's trying to make a stand on some things that are, are particularly important to him. So I don't expect others to be making such a firm uh, stand. He wanted to shed employees anyway, so you know he's um, um, making some decisions about how he's going to how he's going to shed them. So I think he's a bit of a um, uh, an outlier in terms of how he's implementing that. But you know, the the work from home is not going to end. Um, I was working from home before the pandemic started, and that exists because you know talent is now global. People want to be able to bring in talent from other parts of the world. People want to be able to find engineers and hunt them down wherever they are, or um, you know any one of a number of other uh, you know um, um, job titles. So I don't think that we're going to go back to a scenario where 
everyone's got to live in the location that their company has an office and go into that office every day. But I think that the, the bigger thing that a lot of our listeners are going to be interested in here is, you know, what does that mean for the kind of uh, things that have been on the mind of IT and AV folks over this, over this pandemic? Is that going to change? And I was having an interesting conversation just today with Bob Snyder, who's um, organizing the, uh, the, um, uh, um, the, the, the workplace, the Smart Workplace Summit uh, at ISE. And he was sort of saying, you know, it gets inundated by more and more, you know, uh, video conferencing companies wanting to uh, uh, speak at the at the Smart Workplace Summit. And Smart Workplace and the Digital Workplace and the Future of Workplace is about a lot more than just that. And I think there has been a big focus on how we um, communicate, how we collaborate, and how we work remotely. And that's been pushed forward by the pandemic. But I think as that dies down a little bit, there's going to be lots more space to have other conversations. And so I think that I'm seeing a few different signals. One was this conversation from Twitter. Another was that conversation with Bob about what's really going on in, uh, in the smart workplace uh, conversations um, at a place like ISE. And it is about more than you know, video conferencing so people can work from home. I think you're right. Elon, is, I think, is also he can get away with statements like that. Uh, the thing that I find most interesting is uh, the infamous work-life balance discussion, which everyone talks about. And how what people have found is that when people are working from home, they might work less hours on paper, but in reality, according to computer logs, because Microsoft has the technology to keep track of you if you're using Office, uh, you're actually doing more work and being more productive output with a lower cost per, per person, which I think is something interesting. Uh, as the economists and the MBAs look at it and go, well, cubes were good because they lowered our cost of the infrastructure, but we lost productivity because more talking. And then it becomes, oh, well, home can be better because our infrastructure cost changes, but we lose some of the collaboration and we have to trust our employees more. And I think that's the more interesting dynamic that's going to play out is the how does remote and collaboration get stronger, which, as you said, is going to be a, a big point at ISE and with all the systems coming around. I think that's kind of projecting the turning point. As someone who's worked in creative backgrounds, very iterative and collaborative and intersectional uh, disciplines working in theme parks for so many years, I see the logic of the hallway conversation and the whiteboard conversation in the hall. But I also see the logic of at home, I don't have someone coming over and asking me, you know, hey, do you have a piece of paper or can I borrow your pen, which I think is the advantage of working from home. So I think it's it's interesting and I'm not ready to put the nail in the coffin yet on uh, work from home. Your first comment's a really good one because, um, you know, from a technology point of view, Elon Musk is saying, you know, I don't think he's saying you can't work from home. He's saying you got to put in the hours at the office before you go home and then you can work from home. Um, so I think that that um, mobility side of things, the flexibility side of things is going to exist in the Twitter and in all those companies going forward. It's just you got to put in some time at the office as well. And so from a technology point of view and from a work-life balance point of view and from a productivity point of view, I do think we're still going to be in a situation 
where there's virtual collaboration, where there is an effort to ensure that we can have um, creative collaboration virtually. And, and so, I, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's not, it's, a, it, 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 it's, it's, um, it's going to be a force going forward. So I do have a, a clarifying question real quick. When you said you have to work your 40 hours in the week first or 40 hours in the office first, is that you work 40 hours at the office and then you can work extra at home if you want? Or is that prove to me you're working 40 hours a week and then I'll trust you to go home? Uh, that's the question to ask Elon. I, um, I think that uh, my guess would be that he's you know um, making one of those big public stances around, you know, he wants to see people in the office, working in the office, and then he wants them to be able to, you know, work at home at the, at the same time. You know, I, absolutely, I, I think it is about, um, but there is something to be said for face-to-face -face and collaboration. Um, you know, there's an energy thing as well, right? Like, I think that there is a, a feel at which, you know, if there's a bunch of people, like the sort of, um, you know, beehive feel of, of, of activity going on and a buzz about it, you know, I think there's something genuine there. There are less tangible kind of things. And, and some of those uh, collaborative elements, uh, creative back and forth, random conversations that emerge, um, they are hard to pin down sometimes, but everybody feels them and everybody knows them, and I don't think they're to be underestimated. But I think within all of these conversations, there is a human element going on, and that's something we miss here because we're talking about something that's sort of business-oriented and something that's productivity-oriented. There's a human element there as well, and we um, often communicate better when we're in person. We often collaborate better when we're in person. We build off the energy of others when we're in person. So I think um, while he seems very um, cut and dried in his... Um, you know, knows the grindstone business outlook on that. I think there's a human side to this as well, and that's about, you know, where technology starts and stops and where the human interaction can't be, can't be, uh, um, can't be beaten by, you know, the bits and bytes. Which is, I think, the, the thing that a lot of people miss as technology advances, uh, which actually brings me to a story which I feel you're very much expert at, uh, and I'm going to ask you a lot about uh, to explain some of the concepts, uh, but it was announced Userful uh, has expanded its program to develop relationships with its partners to bring in bigger engagement. Uh, and there's the word right there, engagement to bring to bring people in. And, you know, it just indicated that uh, you formed a stronger partnership with LG. And yes, I checked everyone. LG does not have a name anymore. It's just like ESPN. It's not an abbreviation. Uh, so with that, Mike, can you explain a little bit about what this partnership is? But more importantly, what is PAS or Platform as a Service? Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, PAS, Platform as a Service, P-A-A-S. Um, everybody's become more and more familiar with SaaS, Software as a Service. And um, that's often thought of as a specific application. If you think of SaaS, you think of software, you think of a specific application. And a platform is what multiple applications are built on. The platform runs many applications. And Userful is a platform. We have the applications too. We have those applications integrated into our platform. So and sometimes people refer to Userful as SaaS, software as a service, sometimes as PaaS, platform as a service. But the platform is what your IT department manages. They manage the platform that gives end-to-end -end infrastructure control. And then you know, functional departments or individual users use 
an application, uh, and the application serves their, you know, their AV needs, whether that's a digital signage application, uh, a meeting room application, um, uh, an operation center control room application, a data dashboard application, a video wall application. You know, those are all things that Userful offers on top of the um, on top of the platform. So, platform as a service, software as a service. Those are terms a lot of your users, uh, your, your your listeners are going to hear more and more if they're not already in the IT world. Uh, businesses have moved from paying large capital uh, investments for uh, an AV deployment that's hardware heavy to looking for ways to move things into the data center, the cloud, and then they're playing as a service that allows them to basically pay what they consume. And so they're paying for their usage on a monthly or an annual basis, and they can add services, remove services, pay more, pay less, et cetera. It creates agility. Uh, it ensures that you know, it's taken out of the capital budget and put into a, an operating budget and allows them to be much more um, agile in how they're scaling up and scaling down. So that's the platform as a service side of things, and, and just to sort of explain that to, to everybody. But you asked at the start about about uh, our partnership program and LG, and I think that's what brought this to, to your attention. Um, I think even before that, before you contact us and say, hey, why don't you come on your show and talk, um, there was um, some back and forth about you know, um, what's going on with the supply chain right now. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that, of course, is a hot topic on everybody's mind. And Userful is a bit unique in that space because we don't have any specialized or proprietary hardware involved. We operate on commercially available off-the-shelf hardware. You can get a server from Dell, you can get it from HP, you can get it from Lenovo, you can get it from Supermicro. And those servers, the IT department gets um, and puts our software on it. And then our software can run the operation center, the control room, the digital signage, um, the, the video walls, etc. cetera. Um, and so we have seen a big uptick uh, from partners who are looking at you know very long lead times from specialized AV proprietary hardware months long, I mean, many months long, some stretching into years, kind of crazy numbers that relate to the, 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 the restrictions on, on various chipsets. Userful sidesteps all of that, right? So you don't need to get specialized hardware. You just get something off the shelf from your existing um, 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 uh, uh, hardware dealers, HP, Lenovo, as I was saying, and then add on userful software. And so that's been a big thing that's propelling us um, through the channel, where channel partners are saying, we need other options. Um, and, and that's been driving userful adoption uh, globally through, through our, our network of channel partners. But the other thing you mentioned was LG, and sort of in the order of things that we should talk about, LG is one of the key ones, because what, uh, the other thing that has, has um, really you know, um, been driving channel partners to embrace userful is our partnership with LG. Um, LG's WebOS uh, integrates into userful, or userful integrates into it, meaning the screens that you deploy they get userful software put into them. And so WebOS uh, commercial displays support userful's, uh, it's called the uClient app, it's just a, an application that is installed on that and then they connect directly to that server that you get from HP, Dell, Lenovo, whomever, and you just cut out extra hardware layers. You don't need an endpoint, you don't need a, there's no senders, receivers, there's no encoders, there's no decoders. And, uh, and that's been uh, uh, another big important uh, thing for, for our channel partners is they've already got relationships with LG, they can get their uh, screens from LG, they've got relationships with what be it HP, Dell, Lenovo, Supermicro, they can get their servers from that. All then they need is the hardware. Sorry, all then they need is the software. They've got the uh, everything hardware they need. All they need is the software. Yeah, and, and so they come in uh, with, with Userful, it installs on the server, it's installed on the uh, LG screen, and that sidesteps the supply chain challenge. 
It also, of course, you know, just simplifies, dramatically reduces the capital cost of a deployment, dramatically simplifies their infrastructure, their network security concerns, um, all of those things. It is doing exactly, it's doing in AV exactly what's happened over the years in, in, um, in IT as applications moved out of the data center into the cloud. There's been a migration uh, in that direction uh, in, in IT, and, and we're just doing the same thing with AV. And so I just, I've said a mouthful there, and we started talking about the partner program. All of these things tie in closely to that because, uh, of course, that, that was the original announcement. But um, there, I think I've answered you know, at least half the questions you asked in that first, uh, uh, first um, foray. Well, I do, of course, have follow-up questions, so it's all good. And I violated the rule of, of doing an interview of asking more than one question at a time. So uh, my question is, is this on-premises or is it a cloud service where it has to be mounted? You know, it's hosted someplace offsite. You mentioned Dell and HP and other servers, but is it always on-premises or is this a cloud solution if you have multiple locations? How does this scale for, for integrators? Great question, Bradford. So um, depending on the services and the use case, it could either be on-premise or in the cloud. And so we have both. So when I was talking about, you know, service from Dell, Lenovo, HP, Supermicro, those would be on-premise. But you can also um, drive those service through AWS. Now, um, without getting into a lot of detail, there are costs to that, right? Because an AWS uh, instance that you're, you know, driving a lot of data through, that's going to rack up costs. So there are times when it does make sense to keep things on-premise just because of the, um, the, the sheer, you know, volume of, of, of data to be, uh, to be traveling. But there's lots of advantages to being in the cloud, too. So those are a couple of the factors that come into play. But to answer your question quite clearly, you know, we have options for both. And we've even got hybrid options where customers have a mix of things that they're driving from the cloud and from an on-premise server. So, um, so there's a few different things that go on in there. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're on the right track that customers are thinking about that. What do I want to have in premise and what do I want to have in the cloud? And the advantage of a platform like Userful is it gives the customers that choice, that flexibility. And I think that's an interesting option of because there are some solutions from other companies that provide management services so you can monitor items, but it has to be connected to the internet or it's this much to do on premises. And it adds a layer of complexity. So I think the fact that this is scalable uh, becomes very interesting. Now, one of the things you mentioned, and I'm trying very hard to not, not seem as if I'm favoring one solution over the other, because every project has its own needs. If everyone had the same thing, there would only be chocolate chip cookies in this world, and there wouldn't be any peanut butter. Uh, but would that be such a bad thing, though, Bradford? Really? Yes, because you need a palate cleanser. It's kind of like you can't have tragedy without comedy. You can't have football without the Bears. You need to know what bad football is. Uh, so this sounds, as a reaction to the supply chain, very similar to what other audio companies and other companies are doing of virtualizing and using either VMware, Sphere or a, a box solution or Bitnami. And I can go through, I can list all of these different options. Uh, but it sounds like this is not quite virtualization. You're actually running specific software. Yeah, I mean, I, I think 
virtualization is a good analogy, and we do you know see ourselves in parallel with VMware in a lot of ways. And so I think that is a good way to think about it. And we are doing a lot of those things. We are able to sort of virtualize those. You know, I talked about the applications that sit on the platform. The application for signage, the application for your operation center or control room, you know, the application for your video wall, the application for your uh, um, meeting room. And we do virtualize those in a way and put them on a single server that can be in your data center or in the cloud. So I think virtualization um, is a good way to, to think about it. Now, it's not kind of the literal hypervisor that VMware would come with, but we are you know, virtualizing those apps, taking them out of the, um, the, the tradition of running them on you know, siloed, unique pieces of specialized hardware, putting them inside as software inside a platform inside the data center or, or, or the cloud. So, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. You're thinking about it in the right way. And to take it back to audio to some degree, a mixing console is no longer a collection of faders at a certain point. It's a Windows operating system or a Linux operating system with specific hardware on top to act as the GUI and it sound, or graphical user interface or human user interface to to provide that to the customer as their work surface the one of the things i'm curious about is you were talking about meeting rooms and in the press release it talks about av over ip software and tim and i have quite discussions of av over ip does that mean voip of voice over ip because it is audio or does it mean something specific and then if you're running this on top of another piece of software, I'm curious ab about the interoperability. Is it a Dante, AES67, whatever the manufacturer of the version you're using? How does that become part of the bigger ecosystem for an entire facility? Yeah. A couple of points on that. I mean, the question of AV over IP and, and, and what is and what isn't AV over IP, I mean, I see it in quite a liberal way that things that are literally delivering audio, visual over the IP network are AV over IP. What we're doing now, recording this, this is AV over IP, right? We are you know, doing it over the, the network. There are others that see AV over IP as sort of these um, senders, receivers, the encoders and the decoders that are you know, very hardware driven and that's a specific kind of industry. But that's really been disrupted by you know, the ability to use standard TCP over IP to transmit data just as we're doing now for AV signals of all kinds, scaling up in, uh, in very, you know, to, to very you know, high resolution and high quality in real time. And so I think that the, the, the network capabilities um, have really you know, enabled um, it, computing capabilities, the storage capabilities, everything's just advanced fast enough to enable, enable you know, real-time AV from you know, using IT protocols, using IT equipment, and, and, uh, and that's really you know, where we sit. And so I see AV over IP in that sort of um, broader, you know, including, including everything that's using, you know, um, using IP to, 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 uh, to, to deploy AV. Um, and I think then your, your other question, you know, specific to, to, to meeting rooms, for example. Um, so our, our approach to, to, to meeting rooms is, is a little bit different. It's about, um, you know, being able to um, screen share um, within a secure environment, uh, and be able to, um, you know, uh, quickly and easily um, connect your laptop to the screen and not needing to use proprietary, you know, well, any kind of cabling or, you know, specialized downloads and making it 
quick start meetings very easy regardless of, of um, whether you end up using something like you know uh, Zoom or, 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 or Microsoft or, or, or others. So our approach is, is within that local area network making it easy to, um, for the, the people in the meeting room to connect um, their laptops, have collaboration um, and, and, and screen sharing. So it sounds like it provides a, the idea of abstracting hardware and software sounds like a great reaction to the supply chain issues as well as the specific ways that that userful has put the package together to to support you know commercial or business uh environments obviously it's not a solution for everyone but no one has a single solution for everyone and that's why there are chocolate chip cookies as well as peanut butter chip cookies, as well as marshmallow cookies. Oh man, it's you can tell it's getting to be by Thanksgiving. I'm I'm thinking about desserts. Our mouths are watering, Brad. So I figure I want to thank you for your time because you and I have been talking for quite a bit already. Uh, I want to ask you know if people want to know more about Userful or the technology in general that you're using. Uh, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you and find out more? Yeah, I mean, userful.com, U-S-E-R-F-U-L.com, like useful with an R in the middle. And that's the place to go. And uh, just look us up. And we love to have conversations with uh, AV pros everywhere, uh, with uh, integrators around the world and everybody else that's, uh, that's listening to your show. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. You know, um, Come visit us. Come say hello and uh, learn more about what we're up to. And we'd love to hear about uh, how we might be able to help you. And because it's never too early... Are you going to be showing at ISE? We actually have some very exciting things to announce at ISE along the lines of what we've been talking about here. In fact, I would even consider our conversation to be a little bit of a teaser um, uh, for what we're uh, announcing at ISE. And so, um, yes, we will be there. And uh, yes, we will have lots to talk about and uh, hopefully be back on your show around then to, to, to share some other news. Looking forward to it. I am your host uh, for this week, uh, Bradford Ben. Uh, don't follow me on the Twitters or or tag in. Uh, follow Tim as he's following the Bears, and he's doing the same thing I'm doing of lamenting how bad the Bears are. Uh, but please do swing by the website at avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You'll find this show on a host of others, including AV Profession and EdTech on there, as well as information from multiple locations to help you do your jobs. Uh, for those of you who are participating, hope everyone has a happy and safe holiday here in the States. We're recording this right before Thanksgiving. So I'm going to leave the office early for my commute downstairs to get home. Uh, Daniel, I recommend you do the same with our work from home options to make sure it's uh, a fast and safe uh, commute. Uh, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to seeing you again. Bye.